Blog Talk Radio. Emily, and I think the best way 
is for you to tell your story uh, about your journey to where you are today in your career. So would you share with us? Sure. Um, well, I think I, uh, probably like a lot of people that came into the recruiting world, kind of fell into it, especially um, 18 years ago when I, when I entered it. It wasn't something that you really thought of too much. And um, I just got exposed to the folks over at Matrix um, found just a really dynamic uh, group of professionals and was just the whole world of being able to help people, find positions, help the difference in their career, um, the fast-paced technical environment to be exposed to cutting-edge things, things that are, um, you know, just coming out. That whole world just really, you know, appealed to me. Um, I'm one that, that likes to keep busy, and uh, the world of IT staffing is always busy. There's always stuff going on, always things to learn. But I started out my career um, as a recruiter, did that for quite a long time, worked with all different types of skill sets. And, and to be frank, in the, in the beginning it wasn't quite as complex because the technical world was a little bit more simple. When you were talking to a developer, one of the main things you want to know is if they had database experience or not. These days in the world, there's so much to technology, so much things people can be working with. So um, it's a little bit more complicated than it used to be, but, but obviously that makes it a lot of fun and challenging. Uh, the last few years, I moved into an account management role where I really get the opportunity to work with the clients, understand you know, the type of people they're looking for, what's going to really make an impact on their organization. And you not only get to see the impact you make on the person, but again, as I mentioned earlier, on the organization, the projects help companies meet their goals. Um, so it's a, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of fun. It's, a, it's, a great, it's an absolute great field to be in. That's um, I don't know if that's too brief of a story, but that's that's you know that's the kind of the different different directions I've I've been in in, in the last eighteen years. That that no, I I love your story, and you know you hit upon something right there from the uh, start. Is again being in this arena for eighteen years and and being in different aspects of it, but you said that it's gotten more complex. So even for you, it's kind of change the dynamics of your job, but that's kind of a message overall. Uh, David and I both having about 25 more or less uh, years of experience as well. You're, you're absolutely right. And I'm sure as a recruiter you have to stay on top of the trends, but I think that's a message overall for, for job seekers. Can, can you kind of share, uh, you know, as you say, that the market has changed whether someone's transitioning from another career into this or even for the new person right out of college, can you kind of talk to them about the, the pace of IT and, and, and trending? Well, IT is a field, I mean, you know, when I talk to people who are trying to, you know, look at, even when I talk to my own children, they're looking at, you know, different directions to go in. And when I look at IT, you've got to be a person that is constantly curious that's constantly wanting to grow and constantly wanting to learn because it's always changing. You, you, in reality, you can never really totally rest. Um, if you have that type of personality, though, that, that's not an issue. That's exciting. That's fun. You know you'll never be bored. Uh, you know, I find the, the people that get in situations where they don't have an opportunity to grow uh, within their role in their company, 
they they put themselves in a really unfortunate situation where when it does come time to look for a job, they're limited because com- things things are changing. Things you know, new technologies are coming out. Companies want to see how you learn, what you've done. Um, it's really what have you done lately um, that, that's pretty important. So keeping those skills up, whether that's by, you know, you mentioned earlier certifications or taking classes or belonging to some kind of industry group uh, is pretty critical. I would say also being someone who's willing to take risk, meaning, you know, a new project comes along that's with some different things, maybe whether it's different technology or just different aspects to your business, being willing to take some risk to help, help grow yourself. Um, those would be the things that I would recommend somebody, whether they're in a permanent position or whether they're in a contract position. If you're in school, that would I would point to getting an opportunity to get internships, um, I've seen even people volunteer at their churches, helping them with the websites or whatever it might be, you know, or a club or whatever it could be. Just finding that chance to really hands-on get experience as much as possible and not being afraid to do it is um, going to make all the difference. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and we're going to talk a, a little bit later because, uh, you know, I think that's why there is a lot of different professional organizations, um, networking organizations, uh, plenty of certifications and training. Um, and, and that's, again, you know, something else is that there's a lot of variety uh, in IT. And I don't think everybody actually, you know, especially on the outside looking in, I can speak for David and I. We, we talk on uh, panels at uh, various colleges, and I look at, you know, those wide-eyed young students and, you know, it, it's interesting even in this day and age, if it's not a, a major uh, at that particular college, they may not have the full kind of exposure to all the different jobs and opportunities in IT. And I, I'm sure that that has definitely expanded. Um, there's probably even titles and roles today that didn't even exist, even if we went back five, ten years ago. Um, but as it, it evolves and then you also have the complexity that different companies call it different things. So mm-hmm. to our listening audience, can you talk a little bit about why do, you know, recruiters, IT recruiters even exist? What, what purpose do they serve and, and why is it so important for you to, to reach out and get a recruiter? Can, can we talk about that? Sure. Um, one, even, you know, it's – as you go back to the days when Career Builder and, and Monster came out, I will tell you among the, the world that I work in, there was this whole, oh, my gosh, are we going to go away? Are people not going to need us anymore? Um, with the Internet out there, they'll be able to just find things. And it's, it's, it wasn't true. I mean, if anything, our business has grown even more. Um, it's an opportunity. By, by working with a recruiter, you get the opportunity to really partner some, with somebody on your career. Um, they've got some insider information, not only about the company, but about what is out there, what type of positions are there. They can, a good recruiter is going to help take the time to give you guidance on that. Uh, they will, as I mentioned earlier, have inside information about companies, so that's obviously another good reason. But especially if you're looking for contract positions, it's going to be you really have to work with an agency on that. There's going to be very few 
companies that will hire you as a contractor that you're not going through an agency. And, and a lot of that's because of legal concerns that they have. So from that perspective, you'd want to as well. For perm positions, you know, the same as far as being able to have someone you can partner with, give you some good inside information, um, really look at your resume and help you know how do you position yourself in that to get the attention. I don't, you know, that's your doc, that is your critical document that you're putting in front of a client, and if it doesn't answer and help solve their problem and get their interest, you won't get the opportunity to get face-to-face -face and really sell yourself. So, again, we can partner with you and help you, um, help you do that, and then through our relationships with the clients, again, make a, different, make a difference as well in helping you get the audience. I don't know if I, I may have gone on a little bit of a tangent there. Um, so go ahead. No, I think that I thought that was good. I wanted to ask you, Emily, about uh, the contracts. You you mentioned the contract positions, and I've seen I've seen companies use that uh, for several reasons. One, to get a feel of the candidate as they uh, as they work with the company and learn. Uh, uh, their, their methodologies and how well they integrate uh, within the the business. Um, typically, do, do you see contracts ending at six months? A lot. I see a lot of them around the six month period. Are are they really using that as a testing period, or do they really want to continually um, uh, re up a six month contract? Well, what I find that most companies do is they have their core group of um, FCEs, uh, and then they typically, and this is a little outside the contract department, I'm talking just, you know, straight contract, they typically use contractors to help them as projects kind of come and go. Because as you know, in an organization, you know, several big projects come along, well, you're not going to need that number of people for an extended period of time. You're going to need them specifically, whether it's, you know, a group of testers coming in at a, you know, at a critical point during the project to do the testing that they do or the developers or whatever. So by doing contracting, it allows the company to kind of grow and meet their needs and then, you know, go back down to their core group as, as a project might go away. Contracting is, is heavily used. Um, we, I have only in the last 18 years seen that grow and grow. Um, it also, with the economy of the last few years, companies were really afraid to hire full-time employees. They didn't know what was going to happen. So they felt safer, you know, hiring contractors and then having that flexibility if, if things didn't go the way they needed to, to be able to, you know, transition that person out, as a, whereas it's a lot harder to do when you have um, a full-time employee. But I would, the average contract that we see, um, it's, the latest data I heard on that is our contracts last, on average, about 9 to 10 months. Now, they do not start out that way. Most of the time, they start out as a six-month contract, and then they get extended from there. Uh, but we've also had people stay on contract for a lot longer, and then obviously a lot shorter just depending on the company's need. Understood. Thank you, Emily. I know I've, I've, I've always had a, um, a good long-standing relationship with Matrix as a whole, and of, of lately, over the past couple of years, I've worked with uh, Rachel LeClaire there. She's always been good to me, helping me mm -hmm. find positions. Kudos to her. She's a good one. <laughs> you have a good one. She's very good. Absolutely. 
And I want to give, I want to acknowledge we have people on the phone tonight, so thank you for joining us. And to those on the phone, if you have a question, just push one on your uh, phone pad and you will be put into our caller queue and we can open up your mic and you can ask Emily a question uh, direct. We're speaking with Emily Harding of Matrix Resources and she's had an 18-year career um, with uh, Matrix Resources, which is a leader in HR recruiting. And we're especially talking about technology, technology careers, jobs, and we'll even be getting all sorts of insight and advice. Uh, Emily works directly with uh, large accounts, so she knows from the uh, client's perspective what they're looking for, what they're missing, uh, and and direct feedback that they're getting about the candidates they're they're seeing. So find out and and ask questions on how to differentiate yourself in the IT career market. I also want to acknowledge uh, we've got people on our Twitter uh, account. We're using hashtag TechEXCAFE, that's T-E-C-H-E-X-C-A-F-E. And so if you have questions, you can do that via Twitter. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, and but not least, we've got our chat room right here on Blog Talk Radio. And I want to give a shout out to uh, someone that's very supportive of us, uh, Lanita. Thank you for joining us, Lanita. And she has a question for you, Emily. She wants right. to share her question. Her question is, is: Do you feel that a contract position is a good idea, even if you're looking for something more permanent? Well, that obviously is going to a little bit depend on your your current position. If you're currently unemployed, then you know any opportunity that you can get is obviously you know a positive thing. You never know what can turn into full time employment and who you'll meet and be able to be able to um, turn that into it. But I personally am always a big fan of, of keeping all your options open, whether it's contract or perm. Um, you know, if your if your goal is where you want to move up in an organization, become you know in the C-suite, all that, then, you know, vice president, CIO, whatever, obviously you need to be a perm employee. But if, you're, if your goal is, you know, different, a different path, then I think contracting really offers you a chance to learn a new environment, learn, um, you know, different ways that different companies do things, kind of grow your skills. So I think it's a – Personally, I would be open to it um, unless there's some, you know, personal reason that, that would get in the way of that. I think it's a great alternative. A lot of agencies, if insurance is an issue, a lot of agencies offer insurance and different things like that. So um, it's a very viable alternative to PERM, especially while, you know, you're, you're looking for that longer-term thing. But the one thing to keep in mind, if you take a contract but your ultimate goal is is PERM that you do want to see through your commitment of your contract. Um, I don't recommend taking a cover. Oh, well, I'll just take this while I continue to look the, here, and then I'll you know leave early. You know, you, you put your reputation a bit on the line if you do that. So I would say if you take a contract, keep in mind that you want to see through your commitment. Um, while maybe you you know you keep an eye for things after that. And thank thank you, Emily and. And I, I can relate to that and, and just want to um, also kind of piggyback off of that a little bit. You know, it, it is a it depends type of question and type of answer, uh, but I myself can uh, attest to sometimes it's a great opportunity to get your toe in the door. You know, um, it, it, whatever your circumstances is, whether you're transitioning 
into the field, if you're even coming out of college or uh, only have a little bit of experience, or you're trying to uh, direct your, your strategy as far as your career toward a speciality and you're trying to get into an organization along that line or a special industry, um, I definitely, you know, planning out your career, it, it's, you know, it's about strategy. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you have to uh, take those opportunities, get your toe in the door, and then from the inside you can really uh, prove yourself, uh, feel your way around, make sure it's the right, you know, fit Absolutely. for you, yeah. and um, then show them what you can do yeah. once you're on the, the inside. Yes, so, I, think, right? I, I agree. I, I think contract positions are a great opportunity to learn a new environment and establish your brand as well, how quickly you can assimilate into that environment. Everyone is looking for someone that can come in, almost hit the ground running. They want to see those wheels spinning just as soon as they put you down. And the contract position is a great opportunity to do that. Also, the benefits are are a little different because if if a company is not looking to pay benefits, then then your contract salary will be a little higher. And that could put you over the edge for – put you over the top for a few months while you continue to look for permanent opportunities. So it's not, it's not a bad thing to take those. Uh, it's, it's, it's not bad to have a three- or six-month or nine-month position on your resume. It's a contract position. It's expected to be of a short duration. So no one's looking at that saying, wow, why is that person there for a short period of time? If you can explain that it was a contract, it's not an issue. Absolutely. And, and one last thing, you know, as a matter of fact, we're kind of passionate, so great question. Thank you, uh, uh, Lenita. You know, sometimes when you're navigating your career, especially if it's in, in, in the early stage, but it, it happens throughout because being into this 25 years, but um, sometimes your, your salary at that moment may not meet with your overall salary or benefits, and it may not be your last assignment, but some assignments, you're getting the return on your investment because you're learning that new skill set or you're getting that exposure. Right. Just being able to put that opportunity on your resume is something that you can leverage and invest in for the long term. So you got to think about where you're trying to get and uh, uh, use those various strategies. Are, are we I would say with that, that- I would say with that, you know, you asked earlier about working with a recruiter. You need to make sure your recruiter knows what's important to you. Uh, so if it is, because you do have to look at the whole picture. I agree, money is typically not everything. For some people, it is, but I find that really rare. Usually, it's a, a several different factors. So when you're partnering with a recruiter, make sure they know all the different things that are important to you. So when they evaluate positions, they don't rule you out just because of money or just because of location or something else. Make sure they understand that, gosh, if you got a chance to learn this or do this or get with this kind of company, you'd be willing to flex and things like that. That's critical information to share. Thanks, Emily. Actually, we have a question, it seems, on our call uh, from our call-in. Stand by and let me queue it up for you and see exactly uh, what they have to say. Just a minute. Okay. Hi, extension 4308. Your your microphone is live now. Do you have a question for Ms. Emily Harding? Yeah, this is Raina Wilson. Um, I have a question about you know, what you were talking about as far as contracting or consulting. Um, do you find that some employers may look at a resume and say, 
oh, you've been contracting for several years, so I don't know if I want to put you in a perm position because it seems kind of odd that you've been contracting for a number of years. Can that work against you in a way? Yeah, no, it's a very fair question. Um, And the answer is sometimes it depends on the client. I have had clients that have been sticklers about you have to have a long perm history. That's pretty rare in today's day and age, especially between the economy and just the world of IT. They realize that you're going to have perm jobs, they're going to have IT jobs, I mean contract jobs, so your your resume is going to be varied. But if you've been a contractor for many years and now you want to switch over to a permanent position, I do think you have to have a story of why. Because they're really going to know. They're going to want to know why. You know, why at this point are you looking to become a permanent employee? So you got to you've got to be prepared. One to give the information as you're submitting your resumes, whether it's to an agency or in a cover letter you're doing directly. Or and when you interview, you got to be prepared to answer that question of whatever's changed in your life, whatever you know goals you're trying to achieve, whatever it is that makes you want to pursue that. You just got to be prepared to answer that question. Um, I think you do have to be a little careful if every job that you've had over the last couple of years has only been two months, three months here. One, if there's nothing that's been a little bit more meatier to it, they might be a little bit concerned as well. So you, you do have to uh, watch that. But as a whole, again, if, if you've got good, solid reasons behind you, you've got good, solid experience, I don't think it would be an issue. No, I, thank you so much, uh, Raina, for your, your question. Thank you for uh, listening to the show tonight. And, and Emily, thank you for, uh, for responding. And, um, again, to our, our audience, uh, continue to, to stay tuned, those in the chat room or uh, on Twitter chat. If you have additional questions, just let us know, and, and we're happy to have you, you engaged. And, and I'm going to um, continue the, the conversations kind of along the lines because that's that was a, an important topic there about the, the contract versus perm uh, because it, it can be a little bit tricky. But there's, there's something kind of that you alluded to that at the end of the day, when you're interviewing, you're almost selling yourself. You're, you're packaging and you'll, you'll also hear it talk about branding and, and that type of thing. And, and maybe, Emily, you can kind of um, expand upon it because that's becoming very important. And something that, uh, you know, you often hear about, there's the hard skills and there's also the soft skills. So can you right. talk about and, and, and talk to people about what you're seeing and, and, and what people uh, are, what they like, what, what do they like to see? Well, I think it goes back to what we spoke about earlier of the changes that we've seen um, in IT over the last 15, 20 years. Again, when I first started, it was more about your hard skills. It wasn't as concerned about your soft skills for, you know, more straight on technical positions, obviously PM directors, all that's a little different. But um, now you really have to have the whole package as far as being able to communicate well, um, be a listener, be a good team player. I mean, you, when you interview, you need to, they are really looking at how you're going to work with their team, how you're going to work with not only the technical team, but how are you going to work with their users There's or their client or whatever, um, whether it's internal or external. There's very few positions these days where you're not having to do 
interface with other people within the organization. So you've got to have those soft skills as well as those hard technical skills. And that's, that, that can be the hardest area. As a recruiter, that can be sometimes the hardest area to look at because it's, that can be somewhat subjective. So you've got to be a good listener. You've got to listen um, good to what the person who's interviewing you is saying. You've got to know, you know, as you mentioned earlier, your brand. You've got to be prepared for that. You've got to be prepared for those questions about how you deal with situations, how you deal with people, all of those things, because you're going to get, I'm finding we're getting more and more of those, and we're even getting really technical questions these days, which I find very interesting. You've got to really be able to speak to the projects you've worked on and your role and, and the different things you've done. You also need to make sure your resume shows that. It shouldn't be just about the different technologies that you've worked with. It's got to show the other aspects that you've worked with. It's very usually in your job there's going to be a lot more to it than just the time you spent with the technology. It's going to be a lot of other things um, that are involved. So you've got to be able to show that, be able to clearly articulate it, and show your excitement and interest in working for, for the organization. That. Absolutely no. Thank you very much. And we just want to uh, check back with our caller on the phone, uh, just to see if uh, Raina, if you had, if that answered your question, and also if you have any uh, follow-up questions at this time. Your mic's open. Um, I'm good, thanks. Okay, well, keep listening. Thanks, let us Raina. Yeah, no, this is clear. So, um, Emily, the, the next thing that I want to um, ask you about, because we've been talking to you a lot about the, the recruiting piece, but now take us inside and behind the scenes of specifically uh, the piece that you do where you're working with big accounts. Talk to us about some of the trends you're seeing on that end. What, what, what's different as far as even their expectations um, and, and what you see for even – even it will let you do some predictions for 2014. <laughs> Well, I think 2014 is going to be a good year. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, anything that you read about, um, and I saw some of it come through today on some different feeds that I get, uh, talking, predicting that next year for the job market as a whole, no matter where you're at, it's going to be better than it has been in a long time. But IT just continues to grow, continues to be in demand. Uh, companies are not having as many candidates to choose from as they've had in the past. So it's it's a it's very very competitive. In some skill sets, I would even dare to say, even say that we're you know almost negative. We don't have enough people. We're you know trying all that we can do to to find the people with the different skill sets, looking you know outside the state and and being as creative as possible. So where we saw over the last few years, there might be a laundry list of skills that a client's looking for we're really working with them on what are the core things they need to have, what are the critical things they need to have, give us your top three critical you know, skills they need to have, and what are areas that we can either substitute in or you can grow and work with someone on because, again, we're, we just don't have the, the candidates out there that, that we would, you know, that they would like to have. We're also uh, working a lot with clients on speeding up the process. Uh, you can't take as long to make a decision because – 
Those top-notch candidates are high demand. They've got a lot of opportunities to choose from, so you need to, you've got to make decisions quickly. So when we work with clients, I'm counseling them on being prepared to, you know, look at a resume, make a decision on interviewing, um, make sure you have down tight your interview process, you know, your ability to make decisions quickly because, again, those people – the ones, the ones that you want, the chances are they won't be there if you take too long. So it's, it's, a, it's an exciting and fun time to be in IT, to definitely be a candidate. You get a chance to really uh, see different opportunities out there, a lot of different things to choose from. But you, you still, as we mentioned earlier, still need to keep in mind that even though there's less IT talent out there, they still are looking, I mean, most companies are still, though, going to want to find somebody who's got that well-rounded skill set as far as the technical skills and the soft skills. Budgets are definitely increasing, but more and more what's really changed in the last few years is you're having to do a little bit of everything. So you've got to have that attitude to do it, and you've got to be able to show that you, ha you can do it. Absolutely. Thanks for that, Emily. As a matter of fact, that, that's a great segue into my next question, was, which was about attitude and energy and how important it is to show that um, not, not, all, not, not only to your clients but to the, the staffing agency trying to place you. You, gotta, you have to want it, and they want to hear that you want it, and so they can convey that to the account manager, and eventually to the client. I think everyone wants to see that at, 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 every, step of the, uh, at every step of the process. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. And, and I, you know, even with as tight as this market is and, and if, you, you know, you're in, if you're in high demand, I still recommend find, you know, a couple agencies that you can really partner with, that you really get to know, that you really, you know, whether it's, possibly even meeting with them so they understand who you are and they can take your story and get someone like me, the account executive, excited about you who then in turn goes to the client and gets them excited about you and really um, setting that tone before you even get in the, the door to sell yourself where you've got somebody who just is, you know, sees that this could be the person who solves um, their problems and really make an impact on the organization as a whole. So taking the time to to do that, and, and just as you said, David, is, is showing um, your interest, your excitement is important throughout the whole process. I mean, people want to work with people that they that you don't have to be best friends and, and all that, but that they like to work with, that have great energy, that show excitement, want to make a difference in the company. It, it you know they've got you know they've only got people above them that are going to be like why did you hire that person and why did you hire you know so they want to make sure that they've got the right people on board that are going to make a difference to the organization as a whole, whether it's contract or perm. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. This is this is a challenging ch time, and I agree with you that the pace will only increase um, the next year. Um, every company that I've been with over the past few years, I've constantly seen the run rate increase, meaning how many requirements are in a pipeline at a time. And, and that means business is picking up. That means the clients are, are, have resources to grow their environment, and therefore uh, the, the, the requirements start to build up. So everyone is looking for people that can come in and pick up the, case, the pace and handle that additional workload. 
Right. I mean, you think of all the different projects that have been put on hold because the economy wasn't doing well for a while. These projects are things that need to get done. Uh, so this, they've, they've got to get them done. You've got uh, mobile and all, and all that cloud and all that stuff coming along that companies need to answer. People are demanding it. People are, are more savvy, so they expect to see better things uh, coming out of their technology department. So those projects are there, and they, they – they need to hire the people to do them. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, um, Emily, I wanted to ask about other types of uh, uh, careers within IT. Um, IT is business and business is IT. Uh, IT company has other positions as well, not just the uh, engineers and the technicians, but they have HR departments. They have finance departments. Does, uh, does Matrix staff for those type positions as well? No, we really focus on, you know, IT positions. I mean, I have filled some finance roles and, and certainly recruiting roles, especially if they're more focused on IT recruiting. So I've had clients that I've got very strong relationships that, you know, trust you know, me and, and the Matrix recruiting engine as well, where they've asked us to work on things outside of our normal areas. So we do occasionally, but our real expertise is technical positions, everything. But from the business perspective, it would be, you know, it would be your functional people, your business analysts, and, and all of that. But it really runs more the gamut from an IT Understood. Thank you. Jacqueline? You know, that's all that I've ever done. No, but you know, um, from that perspective, though, the the interesting thing about IT and technology is that it's in every industry. So I, I'm sure you yourself um, probably have found yourself in a lot of different industries. And and not looking for you to name any companies or whatever, but can you give some examples to our audience? Just kind of the uh, variety of industries, oh, uh, which yeah. right now growing. Yeah, you're, no, you're certainly correct. I mean, and, and I mean everything from retail to obviously telecommunications, law firms. I mean, you name a company in this day and age, and they have some kind of technology, whether it's support people supporting the um, computers that the folks are using on site. It could be a real estate agent. It could be to writing applications that, that the people need. Or even if they buy an off-the-shelf one, they need to have people come in and implement it and support it and different things. So there's really not an area that we don't work with. I mean, we've even from down at, you know, you know not even, but down at the airport, some of the places you park at and different things, we're hired by all different types of companies to find IT resources. So it's very, it's very, it's varied very much. And one thing I also do want to add um, that kind of you alluded to earlier is we are working with all different departments, and I should have been a little bit more clear about that. I'm not just working with the IT department or the technical department. You know, we find, you know, finance will approach us because they're implementing a new financial system, and they're the one respo ones responsible for adding the folks on. Uh, same with marketing. You know, when it comes to websites, um, design, development, the UI and the, UI, you know, the UI, UX of those, a lot of times that doesn't come from the IT department. A lot of times that comes from the marketing department. So one of the things that we've also had to change is thinking, oh, I should only be talking to the folks over here. No, we really need to look at the organization as a whole because the organization as a whole has IT, you know, technical needs. 
depending on what they're doing. Absolutely. And, and, and to that, that point as well, you know, I, I say to our audience that um, sometimes you may have experience or even a degree in one area. You may be a good fit for what is known as either a subject matter expert and very closely related to the subject matter expert is the business analyst. Uh, you know, in IT they've got the, the training department, you've got the implementation department. All of these are, which use a lot of soft skill sets, married with your subject matter knowledge, you could find yourself a, a very nice position. Uh, another position is the uh, testing and QA positions yeah, as well, mm-hmm. so, as well as project management, a project coordinator. So you look at what you have experience in and also marry that with the, the different opportunities um, to, if you don't have all of the technical experience or the, the numbers as far as technical experience. But there's a combination. And, again, I guess that goes back to our whole conversation. A lot of times a recruiter can help you mine and refine your resume to pull out just those right nuggets uh, based on what clients and, and the trends are uh, to, to find the, the opportunity that, that you're looking for. Absolutely, absolutely, uh, especially in project management. Uh, you can uh, right now uh, for the past few years I've been in the infrastructure arena doing uh, architectural builds and designs and it, let's say I wanted to move over to the business side well my expertise in the architecture side could be extremely beneficial on the uh, business side to have the to uh, to allow them to scope out a project and estimate the timelines and when uh, the budget will be impacted uh, more accurately because of my experience on the implementation. And, uh, and, and the other way around, uh, your, your impact and your knowledge on the business side could be very beneficial in the architecture and deployment side because at that point you've got a better understanding of the customer and the client and what their expectations are. So there's always a good cross-pollinization, and you're not always locked into one type of role that you're in right now. Your your expertise and you become an SME on the other side. So all you have to do is figure out a way, work with a good recruiter, and as you mentioned, identify those nuggets that, that the other side, that the business side is looking for and plug them into your resume, and that should get you in the door, at least to get a toe in the door and possibly get you an interview. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and I would look at the opportunities within the company you're with. I mean, I, I saw that today from someone whose resume who was a pharmacy tech who then was able to, is now doing healthcare analysis for um, major healthcare systems because they were able to take that healthcare knowledge and kind of build their way up in their career to that. So your point is, is right on. No, absolutely, absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, we're talking with Emily Harding. She's with Matrix Resources. Um, they, they have professional staffing, professional services, telecom services. Please visit their website at matrixresources.com and so that you can connect with other professionals like Emily. Uh, we're referring to recruiters. Emily is a, a account manager, a large account manager, but there are other professionals like her uh, who understand this industry and can help you navigate it and uh, get you connected with the, with the right opportunity. And, and let me ask you this, uh, Emily, about opportunities. It's, you know, as we're nearing the holiday season, um, 
you know, people have sometimes asked the question, um, do you find that employers are slowing down right now? Is this a bad time to be applying or looking for a job? You know, some people just kind of get still like it's useless right now to even try and look for a job. But, but what are your thoughts? What are you seeing? My thoughts on that are because so many people do think that, that if you're one of those who decide to go ahead and, and start your search, you're not going to have as much competition out there. <laughs> a lot of people say that. It's kind of like, you know, waiting to go on that diet or join the gym till the new year. A lot of people say that with a job search. So you'll find that your competition's a little less also find that companies have budget money that they have to spend by the end of the year and they need to go ahead and bring that resource on and fill that role so is while there may not be as many positions as during different parts of the year I tend to find that the positions that are there are more true and more hot and moving a little bit more quickly because a hiring manager is not going to put something out there this time of year just to kind of see what's there. They're going to be more serious about it because they really because they've they're not you know just, just from a timing standpoint they're just, they're going to want to make sure that they get that person in and again don't waste their time specifically this time of year. So I don't personally think it's a bad time. Uh, I think it's, you know, a good time to go ahead and see what's there. You've also um, got plenty of companies who are going ahead and putting the jobs out there to help start the beginning of the year. One of my critical clients, uh, who typically is kind of slow this time of year, is all of a sudden uh, they've put out three jobs with me today, and they've told me that three more are coming in the next, you know, this week. So you just never know. I say go for it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And like you said, go go against what everyone else is thinking. I mean, that's, you know, that's the thing about uh, being bold and navigating and, um, you know, just going against the trend. You might be that, that lucky one. And, and to your point, I, I will say, even myself as a hiring manager with our organization, we're trying to bring some people in now so that we hit the ground running in January. So this is a great time right. for us to – come in and ramped up and, and get through all the HR, uh, I won't say red tape, <laughs> the HR necessities, and then come uh, January, we got some big projects kicking off. So um, for those people who are listening to the, the show, that's one thing to, to take to heart and uh, keep hitting that ground, keep keep pounding that, that pavement there. And, and Emily, uh, I did have a question, a uh, follow-up question. Um, a, a lot of a lot of people looking for jobs right now don't necessarily want their current employers to know they're looking for a sure. job, and I, that's why I think it's a good uh, a, a good chance, um, a good idea to work with uh, an agency such as Matrix because that means you're not putting your resume out there on the internet for everyone to see, and you get a little bit more confidentiality in that respect. Do you agree? Oh, most definitely, and and yes, any any recruiter knows to be very confidential. Um, we we make it very clear to the clients that we're working with. Um, people get that, but yeah, you're right. I mean, if you post, because I, I I've had it happen. Even consultants that have been working on projects for me, where I'll see their resume out there, and it's like, wait a minute, what are you doing? You know, if you if you put it out there, anybody can see it anytime. So you would put yourself at a risk. Also, you know. In, in this kind of a job market, 
I also would hesitate, even if it's okay for people to know, just because you will get so, especially certain hot skill sets, you will get so many phone calls. You will be so inundated and have to weed through all of that. That's why I think it's critical to have at least two to three agencies that you feel confident in, that you think have really got your back and that you can partner with, who's going to work for you. And they can weed through a lot of that stuff, and you're not going to have to worry about getting, you know, literally hundreds. We did a, a marketing test of this once with a Java resume, and we got in a 24-hour period over 200 emails and over 100-some phone calls on the resume that we submitted by putting it online. So you And I'm, I'm really not exaggerating. I wish I could say I am, but I'm not. So you've got to think of that as well. Absolutely. Let, let me ask you, uh, can you rattle off a couple of, of the, the hot buzzwords right now? That That's big in IT. You know, we, we buzzwords come and go. You know, I, I know a, a few of them like, you know, big data or agile, but um, maybe even from your, your clients and customers, what are some of the hot uh, buzzwords that, that you're hearing or, or you think are going to really take off in, in 2014 that people and, – and I ask that question because people, my listeners – you know, I always say those are the ones that you need to be taking the webinars and seminars and, 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 and reading up the white papers on the Internet, a lot of free information. But uh, you've got to stay on top of those topics. We talked about that early on, about how fast uh, technology is, is changing, and you've got to stay on top of these things. So uh, share with us what you, what you are hearing as far as some of the hot words. Sure. I mean, it depends on the area that you're in, obviously, but definitely one you mentioned, Agile. Um, Kanban is, is now part of the Agile, I mean, that kind of methodology, that that area that's the newer one that I hear, I'm hearing more often. Um, you know, when it comes to QA, um, you know, more automation. I hear more of my clients are wanting to get automated, you know, get more automated in their processes. So I see that as well. Um, I definitely... Anything that's mobile-related, um, Android, iOS, any of that type of technology, that's not going away. So, I, you know, any t- if you can work on whether you're a developer, analyst, tester, PM, whatever, being able to get into that area is the cloud. I mean, certainly um, security. Security is always is going to be even more of a concern. So any kind, again, whether it doesn't matter, security administrator, any of that, but if you can get into that kind of experience, that's, again, going to be critical. Data analytics is, you know, think of yourself with shopping. I, you know, I've noticed, um, you know, my, one of my grocery stores I go to frequently, they're obviously using data analytics because the coupons I'm getting are things that I'm buying. So I know they've got to know what I'm buying. So, you know, any of that kind of stuff is, is are key areas to get into and will help you continue uh, your career and continue, you know, growing and getting those fantastic opportunities, making the money, being marketable. And, of course, health care. Anything that's involved in health care right now. I've got a large health care client that's looking for people who have knowledge of, of the um, affordable um Act right now, I mean, there, you know, so you've got all different kinds of things out there. I think the key is what can be your passion, whether it's security, whether it's the mobile stuff, whether it's the agile, being a scrum master, those kind of things. What, 
you've got to stay on top of the technology, you've got to be current, but also what's your passion, and then, then you'll enjoy it. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and let me, and, and you're, you're absolutely right. It, it's, it's all about your, your passion. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm passionate <laughs> <laughs> about helping people get into STEM, STEM careers, technology, uh, David and I, I both are. So that's why I have to, I have to look at the clock, and I see that we're, we're ticking down. First of all, um, uh, I have two more questions that I want to ask. I'm sorry for hogging the, the mic, but um, I have two more questions I want to ask. And, again, to our audience, we, we thank you for joining us both in the tra- chat room and Twitter, um, on the phone. Uh, great questions. You've got ten more minutes with Emily, so if you've got a question, get those in. Uh, type those type those in right now if you want to uh, Twitter is hashtag TechExCafe. And we'll also um, ask our listeners that have dialed in one last time if they have any additional questions. But we'll say that until after you ask your final two questions, Miss Jacqueline. Okay, I'll try to get them in. First of all, in working with um, a, a candidate. Do you ever find where, and maybe you can give advice to them, where, because there's some that are probably out there that are frustrated saying that our recruiter isn't uh, working for me, I, I've had people, the recruiter doesn't like me. You know, some, sometimes there's this negative connotation about the recruiter. Well, now let's check sure. the script. advice you can give to them where there's, maybe they have unrealistic expectations or there's things they can be doing on their end to help their recruiter be the best they can be. What are your thoughts? Well, I think it, it gets to spend it to partnership. Um, you know, ask your, you know, work with your recruiter. Ask your recruiter, you know, what are the things you can do? How do they best? How can they? How can you best work with that recruiter? Recruiters, like any other person, some work better by email, some work better by texting, some work better by phone. What's the best way that I can partner with you on that? Um, you know, when should I expect to hear from you? If you've submitted me to a position, when should I expect to hear from you? Those type of things so you know. Because I'll be honest, you know, when you, when you are a recruiter and you submitted, you know, someone to a job, you're just as excited to hear something back as well. And sometimes people will be pounding you, have you heard anything, have you heard anything, have you heard anything? And then it's hard to kind of do your job and, and hear things because you're responding to that a lot. So find out what is realistic. What should you do? And, and hold them accountable. You definitely should definitely hold them accountable. But the other thing would be your recruiter is going to look at your resume. They're going to look at the opportunity. And they might need for you to work with them on adding things to your resume. You know, I need you to add these, this kind of information to really get the, you know, the client's attention Work with, work with them on that. Do that. They're not doing that just to give you busy work, I promise you. They're doing, they want to make sure they put the very best document in front of the client, and there's certain key buzzwords and certain key information that you've done that it's critical to get in there. So when, they can, you know, when that client's looking at you know, a stack of resumes, yours can just float to the top. So partner with them, work with them on that. The other thing would be, you know, Money is always a touchy subject. Be upfront. What are you looking for? You know, where can you be competitive on this position versus that position based on all variables? Um, there's no need to play a game there. And if you have a recruiter that's playing games with you with that, then maybe it's not the right recruiter to work with. So make sure it's someone who respects you. You can respect them and just partner together. It's 
you know, it's, it goes back to the whole adage that my mom's always told me, you treat somebody how you want to be treated, you know, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, there you go. No, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'll go ahead and, and, and if we want to check with our, our phone lines one last time, we'll, we'll open up the, the mic. Yes, uh, uh, Raina, Raina Wilson's still on the line. So, Raina, do you have any more questions for Emily? I guess she doesn't have any more questions at this time. I'm going to go ahead and, and mute her microphone. Uh, Raina, are you speaking oh, wait, on wait, mute? Wait, 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 wait. No, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Hello? Yes, we're still here. I figured you might have been speaking oh. on mute, yes. Yeah. I was saying there's a um, – you, you were mentioning another methodology that you're hearing a lot about. Um, besides Agile, what was the name of that other one? Kanban, K-A-N-B-A-N. Um, if you'd like to learn about and I'm certainly no expert in it, but if you go out to um, Matrix's website, we've got a great blog out there. We do um, different seminars and things for our clients, and we also, um, the experts that are Permanent Matrix employees will write blogs on different things, and we've got a couple of blogs out there on Agile and then specifically on Kanban. And Kanban, if I get it right, again, I am not an expert in it, but my understanding is that it's, it, it's kind of Agile's answer to deal with when you have um, for infrastructure projects, you know, you've got an infrastructure team working with the development team. Agile doesn't always work. Kanban kind of helps with that. So that's kind of a newer area that I've, just beginning to learn about. And, again, um, one of our, um, our associate directors has written a nice blog on that that can help kind of get you started in being educated in that area. Okay, great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you, Raina. Thank you for that, that question. So, uh, again, um, great dialogue with Emily Harding. So uh, excited to have her with us today. And we're even uh, – um, Feeling over a little bit, uh, but I promised her that we would wrap up uh, and and not take her all the way to nine o'clock. Although we could easily, I promise. But you know, um, first of all, thank you so much uh, uh, for your time. And one of the things that I want to call out is, is something that you were talking about about the Matrix Resource website. They have a blog. Uh, they have great articles. I follow them on Twitter. Yes. Um, just a great organization, and, and they really support the candidate before, during, and after. So, you know, really, you, you talked about this partnering with uh, uh, Matrix. It, it's a great thing to do. I've had a longstanding relationship with Matrix, and that's one of the things is, is you know, really connecting with your recruiter. Sometimes you can have the same recruiter as you go in and out your your career and can touch base with them. That that's really important, not just uh, uh, when you need them. And, and that's something that, that goes back that I want to tie into as well, is that, first of all, Matrix is a great supporter of Atlanta BDPA, and that's actually where uh, I got to continue my relationship with Emily. We knew each other. Uh, we connected years ago, uh, I want to say almost 25 years ago, <laughs> when I first came to Atlanta, and um and, and got reconnected with my association with Atlanta BDPA and Matrix, which supported us last year and provided us wonderful meeting space for Atlanta BDPA as well for our uh, Saturday professional boot camp where we did uh, that uh, resume coaching, we did mock interviews, we uh, videotaped people, and we couldn't have done it with 
out such a wonderful space. And Emily was one of those people that gave up her Saturday and did some of that coaching. And um, and I, I hope we have you back this year. But I, I say we had a blast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you. No, yeah, we did. Say. It was a great. It was a great event, and I I highly recommend it for anybody. Yes, so I will be anyone, back. <laughs> yes, that'd be great. So anyone, if anyone wants to reach out to Matrix, they are at matrixresources.com. That's www.matrixresources.com. They have an excellent staff there, including Emily Harding and Rachel Clare, who I mentioned earlier, as well as a lot of others there. Uh, they're very articulate, professional, and they will work with you. They're very good at what they do, so I recommend them highly to anyone listening to this um, archived uh, show here. Absolutely. And the the one last uh, thing that I would say, too, is share this broadcast with your friends. It's, it's archived, so even if they didn't hear it live. And, Emily, our mic is open to you at any time. We, we hope that you will come back, Thank give you. us an update in 2014. I would love to. It was a lot. It was a lot of fun. A lot easier than I. <laughs> you, you told me it would be. You were right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do what we can. We'll do what we can to to drive some of our friends and resources to you, you, so we can get them employed, so we can continue to do things like this. Absolutely, absolutely. And you you did great. You're you're natural at it. And one of the the things also I want to point out, um, organizations like our our partner Atlanta BDPA. These organizations will help you develop new skills. Um, we can even do a mock combine project. We get a, a critical mess together that's interested in it. That's the type of creative things that Atlanta BDPA does. So also check out Atlanta BDPA or reach out to uh, Derek Brown. And then we're a national uh, radio show, so we may be talking to some people who aren't in the Atlanta area. You can reach out to your local BDPA and also send an email to our BDPA president, Craig Brown. Tell him that you heard about BDPA on Technology Expresso, and you may be surprised on his response. He said that uh, to, to tell our listeners to uh, write to him, and he will respond. But at this time, I'm going to let everybody enjoy their evening. Um, I know for some people, we're getting close to their bedtime. So... Uh, <laughs> You're not supposed to tell anybody that. I, I, I didn't say names. I didn't say names. <laughs> well, thanks, thanks again, everybody, for joining us. Thanks to our listening audience for joining us and those who joined us in the chat room. Everyone have a good evening. And as we mentioned earlier, you can go to www.technologyexpresso and pull down these radio shows. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Good night.